I'm Catherine Budig. And I'm Kate Fagan. And this is Free Cookies, a podcast all about wellness, food, and pop culture. And it is the beginning of season two, episode one. It's been a long time waiting. It has been a long time waiting. I love how you just jumped in with that. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Free Cookies, where (laughs) Catherine takes idioms and slaughters them. Just butchered sentences in general. (laughs) It has been a long time waiting and coming, (laughs) specifically to have this conversation that I've been wanting to have since we were sitting around a bonfire on December 22nd, 2017. I think we should just jump right into this story. I think that's super romantic and nostalgic, and it's going to be amazing when we get there. But why don't we show them the menu first? Right. Let's offer a blueprint for today's menu episode. The blueprint begins. Menu. Stick with the theme of the podcast. Sitting around a bonfire on December 22nd. We will get to that story first. Yes. Then we talk to one of our favorite people out there. Platinum recording artist. Amazing singer. Happens to be a yogi. Singer-songwriter Rachel Platten yes. will join us. And this is going to be great because, as you guys probably know, Rachel Platten is the writer and performer of the song Fight Song. This is my fight. Mm. That's probably all we're authorized to offer of that song. I'm tone deaf, no so I don't even know if that, sounded, that was. <laughs> if that even sounded like her song. But Catherine takes Fight Song, changes the words. I rewrote the lyrics specifically to fit... The cookie, cookie theme. theme. And Rachel, this has never happened before where she meets someone she and they start bo- singing her songs. She beatboxes for us. She does. And she's actually really good at beatboxing. She is. She's like, like, could maybe be a Second professional career. beatboxer. I guess that's kind of already within her career, isn't it? It seems like a... Uh, yeah, it's not much of a reach. Okay. But first, December 22nd, 2017, it was, as it always is, a sunny day in Cabo. Okay. We are in Mexico, you know this, with... Catherine's side of the family, her sister, her mom, her dad, her nieces, her nephews, and it was late at night, and for dessert, after dinner, the restaurant we were at had on the menu s'mores. But it was a very, it was a a special order s'mores, like they had regular marshmallows, they had strawberry flavored marshmallows. And they had this beautiful fire pit. A gorgeous fire pit. In which you can cook these amazing s'mores. I don't think you really cook s'mores. I believe you toast the marshmallows. Whatever you're going to do to these s'mores, the point is, who wouldn't have ordered this plate of s'mores goodness to be handcrafted and cooked in this fire pit in Cabo? It was very storybook Okay, so then this is what happens. We're all like, oh my God, s'mores, s'mores are amazing. S'mores are the best. And then we had the little fire pokers and you like put your little marshmallow on it. Then you put the marshmallow over the fire and you got your little chocolate and your graham cracker. Baby, get to the point. The point is, is that by the end of trying to cook this marshmallow and put it on this chocolate and then smush the graham cracker, we just looked at each other and we were like, "They don't taste good." Let's just face s'mores the are s'mores are really awful. shitty. They're terrible. <laughs> Does anyone actually really think that s'mores are all they're cracked up? No, to be? even my seven-year-old niece, I, I think she spat some of her s'more back up. Okay, because the problem, like, just just to, to pinpoint the problem, one, you can never cook the marshmallow all the way through. It gets burnt before, so then it's, like, really hard in the middle and not melty. Which and is because kind of fun having a little marshmallow firebomb. I, I did enjoy that part. It's, but then it's not hot enough to melt the chocolate. So then the chocolate isn't melted. There's some technical issues that are really And then really you take a, a bite and there. you're like, this is bullshit. Who wants to eat hard chocolate on a kind of stale graham cracker right. with... so. Falsely flavored. I mean, is there anything real about a marshmallow? This is what led us down the path of this 
conversation that you and I then had was like, what has society deemed amazing that when you actually think about it, you're like, that's actually not as good as people have all agreed that it is as good as. So s'mores was the one that jump-started this conversation. Yes. The next one that I will share, <laughs> and this is one that has irked me my entire life, is blue jeans and denim. I just think it's the most uncomfortable fabric that humanity has ever created. And yet we've all accepted that like, that's going to be the fabric that we wear when we're comfortable and we're chill. Denim is the worst fabric ever. True, but what do you think about jeggings? But that's not denim. That's technically it's a denim. stretchy form of denim that's infused with better fabrics. Right. So, so you're you're not even talking about modern interpretations of denim. I'm just like denim. It, to, denim to begin with. Who thought? Oh, this is a great thing that I want to wear when on a leisurely Saturday in my blue jeans. Like, it's rough. It's tough. It doesn't bend with you. Jeans are actually not as comfortable traditional jeans as they're cracked up to be. So you wouldn't make a very good. Cowbell. Anyway, you you come up with one. Well, what was the next one on our list? Oh. You want to, you want to, you need to consult the list. Well, yes, I would like to consult the list. Oh, okay. Actually, I believe like this came from you, but I'll, I'll back you up on this okay. one. Okay. Lobster. Okay. I, I actually, I don't know. Maybe we're going to get some hate mail to free cookies podcast at gmail.com. Well, you know what? I'm going to, because you're a lobster hater. I am a lobster hater. But look, I mean, here's the thing with lobster. Anything that is a vehicle for melted butter and lemon in my book Okay. I agree with you that melted butter is amazing. It's like a I, I don't buttery... agree with you that lobster is amazing. No, but it is a buttery sponge for delicious things like melted butter. I think butter. more people actually think, I don't really, I wouldn't, lobster is not amazing, but you're supposed to, like, it's this experience, and you're just, it's a communal event, and so that's why more people pretend like lobster is great. Anyway, <laughs> you offer one now. Since I'm putting myself out there by hating blue jeans and lobster and s'mores. Yeah, you're starting off strong. Okay, I personally think it is wildly overrated to go get a manicure and a pedicure. Why? I agree with you, but why? Because it's just, I find it to be tiring. (laughs) What do you mean tiring? Well, because it's supposed to be this relaxing experience where you go and you have someone work on your feet and you work on your hands and it's just like, oh. Well, that's accurate because... My mom always used to tell me when she would go get a haircut that she loved the experience of being like leaned back in the basin for the shampoo and conditioner that is done by your See, stylist. And anxiety. all it does is hurt my neck. I get anxiety because I'm like, oh my God, did I wear the kind of jeans that I can roll up high enough that they're not well, going to get wet? Hopefully you weren't wearing because... jeans because denim sucks. <laughs> because let's go back to okay. the fact that denim sucks. And we have a couple more on our list. We don't need to get into them. Juliet balcony. Like, come on. Who doesn't just want a real balcony? Well, you know, you could get so, poetic, but yeah. Uh, you put bowling I, just because you hate bowling. Bowling sucks. I, 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 I don't know if I just have really bad memories from sucking at it as a child, but when people are like, let's go bowling, I'm like, let's just go bang our heads against I the wall. I think crisply made beds suck because yes. I don't want my feet to be pinned. They're claustrophobic. In. All, I, I, I'm claustrophobic. Okay. But then quickly, before we get to our awesome guest today, when we were having this discussion, we then were like, all right, we're listing all the things that are overrated. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what is something that's underrated? And immediately you said what? Communion wafers. Which is ridiculous. They're so good. Communion wafers are, they're like paper that you're forced to eat. I would look forward to mass just so I could have that delicious little would, wafer. What Catholic church were you going to that had, did they have like Oreos as communion wafers? <laughs> 
They're, it's disgusting paper that well, you and pretend then you, tastes like that. If you, you like work something. it out, you like put the wafer in your mouth, and then you go take the wine, and you make sure you still have the wafer in your mouth. Why would you the want wine. the wafer still because in your mouth? Because then the wine kind of saturates the Why wafer in this really that? nice Why way. Why would you want to ruin the wine with the communion wafer? It's like sucking on a peanut butter M&M. You get through the shell, and you know, the saliva kind of breaks it down a little bit. The wine breaks down the bread. All right, we'll, we'll leave you hanging out there on that limb by yourself with communion wafers being underrated. It's okay. All right. But if any, and if any of our listeners do feel like they have a contribution to make what is overrated, like s'mores and denim and lobsters <laughs> and crisply made beds, I'm like the Grinch of life right now. Hit us up, freecookiespodcast at gmail.com. Boom. Boom. All right. Now we should probably get to Rachel. We are super pumped to have our girl, Rachel Platten, in the house. And you probably have heard this little song that she wrote called Fight Song. This is my fight song. That's actually the best that you've done it so far. You, you, you might actually understand through that. That was good. So it peaked at number six on the Billboard 100, which is amazing, and became the anthem basically for everything, actually. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I mean, specifically sports highlight tapes? Not even specifically. I think I've heard that song in every advertisement, inspirational, promo, hotel, lobby, you name it. So this song blew up, but Rachel is so immensely talented, and it goes beyond this song. And she came in. She actually just dropped her second album. It's called Waves. It came out in the fall. And what else about Rachel? I mean, she was born on May 20th in 1981 in New York City. She grew up in Massachusetts. Okay, now you're actually just reading her wiki. That is absolutely valid. So let's skip this and let's just start talking to her. Here she is, Rachel Platten. Bring her on. All right, we are so happy to have Rachel Platten here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And it's so sad that podcast is just audio right now because Rachel... Rolled in, guys. First, yeah. no, no. I was yeah. counting on it just being audio because <laughs> it would just be ridiculous what I'm wearing for this podcast filming. It's like, amazing. This is the most anyone's ever been dressed up for a podcast. Blinged <laughs> out pants, guys. Like, I have a big day. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was like, Catherine's gonna make fun of me. I have a serious lip. I have like ridiculous shoulder padded leather jacket on right now. But you know, it's just envy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right, so Rachel, here's the deal. Free cookies in season one, we hashed out what I like to call the standard cookie list because I think it's important that we categorize things, not everything. You know, I don't want to label everything, but we always ask everyone what their favorite cookie is, and I don't just want random cookies that you had one time. Uh-huh. So I developed a standard cookie list, which includes the old staples of like chocolate chip, oatmeal raisin, <laughs> peanut butter. I'm just giving you some information. I completely understand about the standard cookie list. I really like because, the categorization. Yes, mm-hmm. because Catherine. Now take it away. Just there were some lyrics within what Catherine's going to do that <laughs> referred to the standard cookie list, I'm, and I didn't want you to be I in the dark. I may have taken the opening of Fight Song mm-hmm. and written my own <laughs> free cookie lyrics. Good for you, Catherine. I'd yeah. love to hear this, and I think <laughs> would you all love of to? The, though, I think all of America would love to hear yes. this. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> and you know, if you want to lean over and you feel like the need to, <laughs> to help, help me to get help the piano, me desperately. Like a small cookie in the oven, sending good smells and lots of loving, like how a single crumb can make my mouth open. 
Bum, I might bum, only have bum, one standard bum, cookie bum, list, bum, but I can bum. make an exception. Woo! <laughs> That's it. That's all we have. <laughs> Catherine. Good. Thank really you for the support. It was Catherine, a really high good five. Welcome. It was a really good welcome to the podcast. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for the piano. <laughs> it took me like and a year to write that. beat underneath. <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> I oh, I could have done a beat. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, dang, girl. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Try now. This is my <laughs> this is my cookie list. My only cookie list. Oh, okay. listen to me. I'm like yeah, getting I all. I feel like we messed I just got low Saturday Night there Live there. <laughs> um, but Catherine, I felt nervous for you but before you were going to do that because I knew that you weren't sure if you would have the right tone or no. I, I don't even know if you Can did. Can I tell you honestly? what I'm really impressed with? That you came in in the right key. I did? Yes. That was really impressive. My arms are in the air, people. Yeah, girl. <laughs> you did some musical theater back in your day. I did. I oh, was a musical I could theater actor. So I'm not. I could see that. It's not like I want to get on stage as myself and sing, but give me your character and I'm down. Oh, you would be really, really good. I can tell that. Well, you know, part of being a yoga teacher and being an excellent one is being comfortable in front of a crowd. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a right? lot of performance. A yeah. lot of performance. Your, your classes are my favorite because they are fun and silly mm-hmm. and powerful. But also because you're really animated. I, I, I don't even realize how much I am. People come up to me after Freaking I teach and they're like, great. I just love all the sound effects. It's so and I go, great. What sound effects? <laughs> when you, one time when you were wearing a football thing and you're like, I'm wearing a football jersey, it's going to be tough today. I, remember, I took that yeah. one too on your good I loved it. I love that one. That was when I was first starting <laughs> to see tough. her. And of course, Sports Me was like, yes. <laughs> I like when she's tough. Get it. This is Girl. amazing. Except yes. for beyond that statement, I couldn't say anything football related. I don't yeah, know. I, don't I even know. knew what a QB was. No, yet. you didn't know much yet. All right, we have, we have a okay. couple like sort of key questions that we sometimes ask at the end but I feel like since we introduced a standard cookie list the f- natural follow up is what is your favorite cookie yeah. uh, chocolate chip with sea salt that's Ooh. acceptable okay. it's not co- like are we you okay with the sea salt we haven't put the amendment on the standard cookie list of sea salt but okay. I feel like you came in with chocolate chip I came hard like, I came hard you can put a little that, sea salt yeah. on it and still be on the standard cookie list so that's acceptable mine yeah. is oatmeal raisin okay and some people think that's disgusting no I don't okay I don't think Thank it's you. great trash right. cookie I, I don't think it's great. A lot of people have told me and taken pictures of like the office cookie tray at the end of a meeting. It's always the oatmeal raisin. Right. It's right. always the oatmeal raisin. I don't know what I don't know what to say to that because that's accurate. That's always the cookie that's left. And that's but, really funny. but I don't think it means it's not a good cookie. It, it just, just means of, when made kind generically. Of I mean, I guess it, I guess it, that's exactly what it means. Actually, all the evidence points to <laughs> yes. It's a trash on the side cookie. of the table. It's a trash cookie. It's a trash cookie. <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right, a couple How are more. you guys rated so highly? <laughs> <laughs> okay, a couple more are really important things. It's, it's crazy. We get to the heart of the matter. A couple more X's and O's questions mm. from the sports side of things. You grew up in Massachusetts, correct? Huge Boston sports teams. Okay, yeah. so you are. Yes, so I grew up. My dad would paint my face, take me to all the games. He had no boys. All he wanted to do was have a gigantic sports fan at home. Yeah. So Red Sox, Patriots. Yep. No, not Bruins. Not Bruins as much. But Celtics. I went to a ton of Red Sox games um, growing up and a ton of Patriots games. Remember Noma? Noma, I got to see if yeah. Yes. Yes. Of course. (laughs) With his K's. I would be like in the the K's and the bleachers. God, that was a sexy nose. I don't think I ever was close enough to see the You nose. think I think <laughs> all right, that's sep- I, mean, I think like, Nomar Garcia Parra. You know he's married to Mia Hamm, who's a famous women's soccer, soccer player. player. Yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. a sexy woman. They're, they're sexy. They moved to the Cape or something? They I think yeah. they did. We should definitely keep talking. I loved yeah. Mia Hamm. <laughs> have them on the podcast too. <laughs> okay. Noma. Noma. Noma and Mia. I'm not gonna do my Boston accent anymore. No. It's good though. Yeah. But right. where are you 
Are we, you're in L.A. now, though, right? Yep. You actually moved to L.A. right when we when I moved to New York. Yeah, that was on purpose. Yeah, yeah actually, I was like, Catherine's in the coming. Night. Now that I've heard that song intro. <laughs> to get far, far away. <laughs> I was like to my husband, I was like, I think it's time. It's time. It's time. <laughs> I'm feeling called. Key catalyst. Um, okay, so origin stories, because yes. I, I, I know that all of our listeners are going to be familiar with your music, but maybe they're not familiar with who you were before you started making music. So can you share with us a little bit about your childhood growing up and like what drew you yeah. to want to be Absolutely. a musician? I never really thought that I was excellent at singing. I was never like the star. I never got the solos, but I loved it. I was in so many choirs. Um, I was a total nerd. I loved Did you do musical theater yep. too? Yep, okay. obviously. But you didn't have Look leads? It's like, you- it's like screaming all over me. <laughs> I had leads when I was little, when I was in like okay. fifth and sixth grade, mm. but then not really in middle school or high school. I wasn't like, which I think was the time when you develop that sense of whether or not you're special, sure. right? Like it's 13 through 18 and you're like, either you stand out or you don't. I never really felt like I did. I was kind of like in the choir and you know, like the, the chorus in the musical theater. Anyway, yeah, yeah you get it. <laughs> oh yeah. That was me. Um, Tree to the left. But I really, yeah, I really loved it. And I also played piano. I grew up playing classical piano. I took lessons since I was six, and I picked up guitar in high school. I was really musical growing up. But, again, I didn't have any artists in my family. I didn't have any examples around me of anyone who had made it in the artistic field. It was a lot of um, encouragement. There was a lot of encouragement to go to graduate school and become a professional and some, I don't for know. Not for music. Not right? for music, right. not for arts, not even for acting, which I also loved. Um, so I just didn't really think that was a, it was a reality. I went to college, and when I was in college, I went abroad to Trinidad. And in Trinidad, I was interning at a record label and also interning at the diplomat's office. I was really interested in working for an NGO or doing some kind of diplomat work. I didn't know. <laughs> um, but when I was there, yeah, I started working this record label, and I really, really loved it. Like, music was in my bones. You know, I, it, I just didn't know how to kind of find it and own it so I was at the record label one day and one of the people band members didn't show up and it wasn't a formal label like it was like a house you know in in Port of Spain and they were looking around the rack like shabby house and they were like does anyone know the words and I was like me me I know the words I know the words <laughs> and they're like you'll do weird white girl and so my first show real concert was in front of 80,000 people it was at the International Soka Monarch Finals in Trinidad oh my God. and when I got on stage, oh instead of feeling fear, I felt completely at home. Mm. I felt completely on purpose for the first time in my life. And all I wanted to do was grab the microphone in the center of the stage. And that was my moment. That like hit me like lightning. I went, I started writing songs when I was there. I stopped the internship at the diplomat's office. I started working with songwriters. I toured around the country and around the Caribbean with a band and that was that was it. From then on, I came back to the states and I started pursuing music. I have a couple follow ups, but I want to make sure I'm not okay. Pretty good origin story. Yes, that's just sing. And you hadn't been writing before that. No. Now I did really love a lot of confessional singer songwriters and a lot of hip hop. So I was listening I was to about mix. Tori Amos. Yep, girl. I love Tori Amos and Regina Spector. Um, mm-hmm. And Tribe Called Quest. Tri- and yeah. Color, and Color Me Bad. Color Me Bad. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. But they were good, though. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> Is that like her favorite band? Uh, that was my first CD, so I always mentioned oh. Color Me Bad. I want to sex you up. Girl, but... I have that. I have <laughs> yeah. That CD, yeah. 
All for love. I mean, like, how did that one go? All for love. Um, oh, all for love. I knew how I'm so glad <laughs> you're whatever. my girl. I'll do anything for you. Call you. Uh, we probably now have to play rights for that song that I sang <laughs> that long. <laughs> you're cute. Um, they're, they're okay, sorry. I know okay. that you were you were writing yeah. in that style. So I was kind of, I was listening to that kind of music, kind of in my room, hungry for meaning and for you know, someone to understand me and help me feel all these feelings. And I, it was like my little artist kind of trying to speak up saying, please let us out. So sometimes when no one was listening, I would go down to the piano and I would try to imitate um, Regina Spector or Tori Amos and I would like play some of their oh, songs or Billy the, Joel. Did you get really Tori and like No, it was me like not like that. <laughs> I was more me like piecing out the chords and and my voice at the same time. So I was trying to put together these two things that I love to do. And my dad would be like, you sound terrible. Stop. Oh, no, no, he didn't. Uh, that was joking. He didn't. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He wouldn't yeah. say you sound terrible. No. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I was trying to make you guys laugh. She didn't. You mean did. You did. Okay. And then we felt really bad for you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Shoot. He would just be like, that's kind of giving me a headache. He listens. He to did podcast, really say that. So it's going to be odd when he hears it. You Honestly, know, he fan. might. This he is might. a cool sports podcast. Exactly. Hi, dad. Okay. So, when you said that you stepped on the stage and at first I was like, I wonder how panicky she was for that first time in front of 80,000 people, but you felt at home. Has it always been like that since? Or was there ever a moment then where like you got hit with some anxiety before a big performance and you kind of had to struggle through some stage issues? Right, because at that point you weren't Rachel Platt. Right. You know? Yeah. And now and there's, no a, there's yeah. an expectation yeah. that comes with you stepping on stage. These are, that's such a good question. Yes, 100%. Anxiety grows the more that is expected of you, I think. And it's a matter, which we should get into a little bit more, it's a matter mm. of stripping away. Um, everything gets piled on to your dream that's not its true purpose. So the farther you get away from like your soul's calling and what you're really here to do, I think the more BS comes along with it. And mm. anxiety and fear is part of it. So yeah, 100%. Anxiety and fear was not natural. It was clearly not what, you know, was in my heart. Clearly feeling being on stage is something that's incredible for me and freeing for me. And honestly, no matter what stage it is now, no matter how big, the second I'm actually on the stage and performing, mm, yeah. I don't feel anything but joy and like completely on purpose and, and, and happiness. But leading up to them lately gets there's like yeah kind of bs there's like some, yeah there's some murky. like yeah there's some confusing stuff lately that's like wh- I, honestly tv performances are tough for me because i am new to them like mm-hmm. it's i only started doing them three years ago mm-hmm. and then for 12 years before that i was playing bars and clubs and you know in front of maybe like 100 or 200 people at the most yeah I, I just relate to that so much because with teaching yoga it's the same thing for me where it, you know, I'll be exhausted or pissed off with the politics and mm. all this crap is going on and the, you get how you get treated, everything that's going on. But once I get into the room and I start teaching, it's like, boom. Yeah. This is, okay, back yeah. to my purpose. This is yes. why I'm here. Yes. But all the surrounding stuff. Ugh. So how, I'm working on this. Like, have you found a way to separate them? Or is that what you're working through right now? It's what I'm working on right now. Honestly, I, I don't know that I'm that great at it. I was good at it. I was better at it. And then this year is really tough. This past three months has been tough, honestly. Like this year was wonderful because I was writing a record and I was kind of closed off from 
what I thought people thought of me and any of the social media stuff. I kind of just stayed away from. Do you get nasty comments on social? I never did. I, but I love then following last you summer. on social because you're so quirky and real and funny, <laughs> and you'll put this glamorous photo of you, and you're like, "This is, you know, I wore pajamas <laughs> all day. Sunday this morning. is me not wearing pajamas." Yeah. I was just about to post the <laughs> zoom in of my toe. <laughs> yes, there was a picture of me and this badass um, YouTube star, Lily Singh, and she sent a picture and posted a picture and. We look great, but if you zoom in, my toe looks just completely banged up, like really awkward, strange, it's, it's upsetting. Yeah. So I was going to do a zoom in so people, so I just want the people following me, like there are a lot of little girls. I don't want them to think like, I can't access that. That's un- I want to be real. Like this took me three hours. Mm-hmm. This is me in a lot of hair and makeup. It's fake eyelashes. Like everyone chill. This is who I really am. I, don't, I, I appreciate important. that so much. I think what you're doing is wildly important. I'd like to see more celebrities of your stature doing that. Of my stature. Of your stature. I don't know. Okay, but back to your question, because I like that, <laughs> and I want to get into it. Thank you, though, Catherine. I um, am working on it now, and I think that it is the big, the most important thing that I have to do right now is figure out how to separate that. And it's really emotional and hard, because I wrote this record in complete just peace and joy and excitement, enthusiasm, and I just let whatever wanted to come through me come. And I didn't really care about what anyone was going to think. I kind of just created as if I was first creating again, and I loved it. Mm -hmm. And then I was releasing my first single for the album, and I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everyone's like, do you feel, yeah. They were like, do you feel pressure around because it's fight song and it's the second release? And I was like, nope, no pressure at all. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks before I released it, I literally had panic attacks every day. Oh. I would break down and cry. I freaked the F out all the time. And it's it's been a tough three months because all of that pressure like hit me out of nowhere. And oh, it's terrible. It seems like a double-edged sword to have, you have one of, I mean, Fight Song, who doesn't know Fight Song? It plays everywhere. It, it's it's this iconic song. Do you love it still? I do love it. Okay. I really do love it. I, it got confusing for me last summer. Um, Hillary used it for her campaign, which was amazing, oh, but yeah. I got a lot of hate from it, and yeah. the song got really confusing for me because I started getting a lot of people saying to me, how dare you take that song away from me? It was the song Ooh, that I geez. used, and now I can't use it, and... That was horrible and confusing because all I want to do is unite with music. I don't want to divide. But so the song got complicated and it was hard for a little for a minute. Yeah. But now it's, I feel like it's back to being pure. It's original. And, yeah. yeah. And okay, you have a well. Go, well, go, just go. my comment on that. You know, something that's so famous is that the pressure of do I need to recreate another fight song? Like, will I only be successful if I keep releasing singles of that Honestly, magnitude? Honestly, that's what I talked about in therapy yesterday. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think so. We have the same therapist. <laughs> She's awesome. She's great. We love you. Dana. Hey, Dana. Um, so everyone at home is like, what on earth is happening on the sports podcast? Why are don't we talking We almost therapists? never talk about sports. So it's but perfect. we should. Okay. We should. Um, I feel like sports therapists we could talk about. Just is that a, oh, yeah. They're like mental performance. So I have a performance psychologist yeah. he's freaking incredible and he also works with athletes anyway but okay i love that you have that though yeah he's you know dope. what's interesting it was that misty copeland came on the podcast oh and she talked about how there was this like bunch of twirls that she had to do at the end of a certain act and she was in her own head about having to do the certain mm. number and execute it properly and she was talking about how she was talking to a performance therapist about whatever pattern and anxiety she had attached to this one movement and how it would just yes 
cre- recreate itself every time. every time. Yeah. And she didn't know, she wanted to break that cycle. Yes. Yeah. You have to be in the flow. You have to let go of, you actually also really have to visualize, I've learned, how you want the performance to go. That's like the biggest key mm. to it is walking yourself through the entire thing ahead of time. And visualizing like visual meditation, of visual sorts. meditation, yeah. yeah. But actually, like, I actually will sing it not wholehearted, like, I won't put it all into it, but Just I'll walk it. myself through. The, yeah, I'll mark the entire show when it's a high pressure. Okay, event. I have a quick question. Oh my god, we're all over the place. It's my I fault. I know this is no, no, this is, be. Our, this is in our natural element. Should we talk cookies? No, okay. you're amazing is when you just bounce all over the place. <laughs> I'll put a side all together. Okay, so. The, a thing that happens to me, and I've mentioned this to Catherine before, is because um, I do stuff on ESPN, there was a time maybe like w- a decade ago where I just completely messed up somebody's name. It was a difficult name to mm. say, thought I had it, and just completely butchered it. Mm. And every time now if I'm hosting something, and it might be like a European soccer player or Polish, and I see the person's name, and all of a sudden all of this old just panic com- mm. instantaneously comes yeah. up. and. I was wondering for you if there was like whether it's like the, a moment in a certain song when you perform live that you've had a hiccup on before <sighs> and all of a sudden you're like stressed going into that song but you're like don't be stressed don't be stressed. Yes. Like are there moments like that in your music that you know like Yes, it's terrible. Okay. There was a there was a note in um there's a note in a new song I released called Perfect for You. I love that note. It's like a high whatever G or something and and oh, I dang. and I can hit it but I punked myself out in rehearsal because I couldn't hit it once because I didn't warm up properly. Mm-hmm. And then for the whole entire rehearsal, I just kept not hitting it and not hitting yeah. it and not hitting it and panicking about it because I had to do it on today's show and I didn't want to not hit it because mm-hmm. I didn't want to skip it right. either because I can do it. Right. Yeah. So I had it's to- like taking out that last spin on a triple axle yes. in the Olympics. You when gotta you can do, do it. the axle. You can. Do the triple. You have to. If you Don't gotta start double? from the 10.0, you know, scoring range. Yes, have the girl. highest. You need the highest for the triple. Yes. That's right. <laughs> Ugh, I'm also a major figure skater fan. A great they, call. Speaking right to your Excellent heart there. Call. Yeah. So back to the Today okay, Show. Sorry. I kind of want to know what happened. So, all right. I, I went to the my performance psychologist and I was like, I got to work on this note. I need to get this note. I know I can do it. And we basically did a meditation. And we completely relaxed me mm-hmm. and took out all expectation of success or failure and just got me down to the joy and love of what I do, which is always at the crux of it. It's when you're forgetting your purpose Mm -hmm. that you start getting in your head. So all that we had to do was just put me in that moment and remind me to love what I do in that moment and to take all the pressure off. I'm not doing a great job of explaining this. No, No, you you are. Am I? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we, yeah, it was a meditation that I kind of did a couple times and that was it. I hit it every single time now. And that note to me feels like... Except for that time, just now. Except for... I'm going to have to go back to him. Recorded on this podcast. (laughs) I'm going to have to go back to him. Don't get inside your own head because you just flopped it on the podcast, okay? I don't want this, you know... It's like every podcast now when I try to hit that note. (laughs) But it's it's one of those notes. I I love music because I I actually physically feel it in my body. Mm. Um, like when I, you know, Sutton Foster, the she's a Broadway actress and she's yes. also talented. younger, yes. younger. She's on yeah. younger. Okay. She's yeah. one of the most talented singers I've ever mm. ever had the privilege to hear live. And when I heard her live, she hit these notes, and I felt like electricity in my spine mm. when she was singing. And I, I just bring that up because when you hit a note like that, it's at that part of the song where it's like, of course, that's the sound she needs to make there. Like <laughs> that is, it just makes sense yeah. that that's. Oh, it's a moment of release. I'm saying, yes, love me or leave me alone. It's a powerful moment. Exactly. I'm saying, you know, Cap, do you ever use yoga in music in your yoga classes? 
No. And it goes back to the I'm a, I'm okay singing as a character. I'm not okay singing as myself. Oh, I don't mean you singing. Oh, do I play music? Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Just like, hey, we're going to do some yoga, but oh after God. I perform a concert. Well, you too. Well, I could like omen stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. want to practice like, my singing time. first. <laughs> Everyone's just like upset, confused. Exactly. Like you're Can gonna we just like get this, the flow okay? going, please? Um, <laughs> no. And, and, okay, so that's another really good question too, because my teacher Mati is Roddy. She was like, "Don't play music in your class because mm. it muddles your message. If you have a clear message, that's going to interfere." And I do have a lot to say when I'm teaching. Yeah, so you do. Yeah. Often, if I play music, I'm kind of like, ah, you know, yeah. or like, oh, I love Chris Martin, <laughs> and then I'm, yeah. you know, totally forgetting to say what I really need to say. And you do have you have a lot of wisdom to share. Wisdom to share. Yes, I have a lot you do. of wisdom. You do that, that. You do. It's like it's. I'm not being. Facetious. No, I'm not either. Kate I know we've, is, but we've I'm done not. some yeah. sarcasm. Yeah. In this no, podcast so far, but this is sincere. Yes. You guys, you really. Yeah, I. I leave your class feeling um, not only like I got to work out, but really like I went to church or yeah. temple or yeah. yeah. And what I love I about it too, and you. Rachel can probably hopefully agree. And if not, just pretend like I you're agreeing. Yeah. Is like as a writer, I really appreciate a good metaphor mm. and take one of the first times I took Catherine's classes. I didn't quite understand the pose. And then she actually, I remember this one. She's like, pretend you're like a butterfly encased <gasps> in glass. Metaphors. And I was like, Oh, I need to be open and flatter. And I actually pictured oh, the butterfly, and I was like, that's now. genius. Yes. And I love that. And I, I mean, I, I'm says, sure. Pretend you're holding a hoagie. Yes. And doing yoga. Yes. I love when she's holding a hoagie. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, you gotta take her class. <laughs> Yogaglow.com. <laughs> Ding. Yeah. Um, okay, so back to sports. Uh, so, clearly. but no, but I'm gonna throw another sports metaphor mm. at us and me. We're ready. A thing I was going through probably. Last year, when I was writing that one speech I had to give, was going back to... The commencement speech at the University of Colorado? Thank you very much. Okay. I didn't want to just toot my own horn, but that did Very happen. cool. Do, do, Thank, do, you. Do. Thank you. I was performing in front of 50,000 people with oh my, my words, God. just not singing them. That's pretty That's amazing, though. Yeah. That's a lot of people. We all, yeah. It's also... It's that earlier. you can listen to it on okay. Great Cookies. I'm going to go listen to it. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah. Um, so what I was remembering growing up playing basketball, I grew up playing basketball, and I remember being in the gym by myself, shooting and when the ball went in the hoop I didn't care if anyone saw I didn't care if anyone clapped mm -hmm. there was like a satisfaction that I finally tuned my own body to become a good shooter and watching this action mm. and I realized as I was writing the speech and like looking at my life over the last few years that like I was taking a lot less joy and pleasure in simply being competent mm. and focusing so much on the response to what I thought I did that was competent. And I was like, I didn't, I, I still don't know the answer to this because I'm still focused often on like, did people like the story I wrote? How many shares did it get? Like on ESPN.com as opposed to I wrote it and I enjoyed writing mm -hmm. it and I love the process of writing it. So we're, I'm, I, mean, I feel like any human can relate to kind of especially in grasping this day and age. that. Yeah. yeah. So what do you do? How, how do you interact with that idea and how do you manage it? Wow. First of all, that is so exactly what I've been feeling lately and hearing. I, I think that it's just incredible when you feel really lonely about something and then you hear it said so clearly by another human being and you're like, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. I'm not alone. This is an experience that we're, we're all sharing. Even that alone can, can be healing. Yeah. So that's amazing and helpful even if this podcast stopped now, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Thank you. yeah. And I'm sorry that you had that experience and I'm sorry that 
anyone else has to struggle because honestly, it, it really hurts my heart and it's hard. And I'm right there with you. I think that the toughest thing with, I'm doing this in quotation marks because I don't really believe that I'm famous, but with fame is that you start to focus on how people view you versus how you view yourself. And and, yes. and you start to care way more about what the world thinks about your art rather than, or your sports or your whatever, your purpose, rather than, you know, the act of creation. And that's really dangerous for creation. And it's really tough because you stop being in the moment and you start focusing so much on how that moment looks for other people. And it's just exhausting. I think that social media really sucks for that purpose. It's part of the reason that I am so honest on there. Mm -hmm. But I can't be even as honest as I want to because I tried, for instance, like over the summer when I was having one of those really dark moments pre-releasing this song and I was crying and I put on a picture of me crying and I was like, yo, I'm crying right now. And then I made a funny comment, but I was was real. Mm -hmm. And I got like... 15 concerned calls from close friends and family. And I was like, okay, back to regular scheduled programming. Here's a cute selfie. Sorry (laughs) about that to freak everyone out. But I think that what I'm trying to learn right now is that the chase for fame and success is only going to mess up my art and mess up me hearing source clearly and me being able to be here. Why I'm supposed to be here, like be on this earth. You know, it's like, I think I know where I'm, where I want to go. And how do I know? Because I don't know what you believe in, but God or higher source has a plan for me that could be way more beautiful and exciting and huge. And I'm limiting myself by thinking that I need to be on this path that the person to my left and right is on. And that's also dangerous. So I think all of it, like viewing yourself through anyone else's eyes takes you off your path. Mm-hmm. You're not able to be here for, you know, your yeah. purpose. And it's, it's tough. I don't know how to, I don't know how to get past it. I'm working on it literally right now. We are too, yeah. actually. Very, we are in the trenches of working and on it's this. Just a, it, it, yeah. And as, as writers too, to be a good writer, you have to notice the details. Like that's what makes a good writer. Mm. And I'm, of, I'm sure a songwriter as well. books or songwriter. Like you want to observe yeah, the world just, and notice the world. You have to see world. the details and that other people don't see. And yeah. if you're so caught up in approval of mm. others... You can't create. Then no. you're constantly in this performative aspect yes. instead of like, wait, Reception. no, this is me. Yeah. Being human, getting my nose out of my phone and seeing what's going on instead of like, ooh, how many followers do I have to? Oh, I lost a follower? What does that mean? Why? Oh my Why? God. Why? <laughs> so true. All, all year, I, I actually did a really good job of tuning out the rest of the world. I had an amazing time creating and just exactly receiving. Rather but now than, you have to, but, to but share I, and yeah. offer it. But I did actually halfway through the year see that my followers had dropped like 5,000 followers or something. And I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And I freaked out for a moment and started it's... to re-worry about it. And, and, and it, de- it uh, messed up my writing for a couple weeks. And then I was like, screw this. I'm taking off my phone again. It's so embarrassing, yeah. but it's so true. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So what – is it fair to say that like – this, the song fight song changed your life, or are we being hyperbolic? If no, I it okay. completely changed my life. So, uh, how do you feel about how it changed your life? Oh man! And Good I, I want to know the first time you it hit you how powerful this was. Like, was okay. there a place where you heard it we, and you're like, Holy, it's a multi layered yes. President Obama yes. question. Yes. Where this is press, <laughs> press press conference level. Okay. Question. And also talk to us about the Middle East. Okay. <laughs> Very upsetting. What's and what are you doing right to get right back, now? by the way? 
<laughs> oh, I, I mean, I have a good one for that, for giving back. Okay, fine. Um, so the original question is simply, how do you feel about how it changed your life? Okay, if you, today I'm feeling really happy, so I'm feeling really grateful. Mm-hmm. Yesterday I was really freaking out, so I maybe wasn't so grateful. But no, 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 that's not true. I, I am so proud of what the song did. I'm so proud of, of where I am and what I was able to do when it really seemed impossible. I tried for 13 years to make this career happen. I, I um, played a lot of small bars in New York City and all over the country. I toured around in a van and I played living rooms and I just kept going and going and you know persevering. Even when I got no's, I got a ton of no's and rejections, like probably more than anyone I know, <laughs> just enough to really make you think I should stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I refused to stop because I loved making music and I loved performing. Okay, so I always had this little fire inside of me. And when I'd play these living room shows, it was so pure and it was so on purpose. It was so easy to hear it. Fight Song was the culmination of all of those years of people telling me no and me refusing to give up. And I wrote the song over a course of a year and a half, taking that little fire and just turning into this like raging bonfire craziness that exploded and lit up the whole world. And that was unbelievable. What came with it was for the most part, pretty special and pretty incredible. But the the dangerous part is what we were just talking about is that it, all of a sudden made me start expecting success and expecting attention and expecting mm-hmm. awards. And that's ridiculous. What, and it did take away, it did endanger my little fire that was truly like so pure when I play living rooms. Um, so I'm getting back to that now. I'm learning to like kind of block out the noise of the success of it and just appreciating again that I get to make music because it's freaking awesome. Yeah. Cookies is brought to you by us. How exciting is that? It's just us now. It's awesome. We are in the process of looking for a sponsor. That's true. So if you are one and you'd like to connect with us, the email is freecookiespodcast at gmail.com. Or if you, our lovely listeners, have any feedback about this episode, future episodes, LeBron James playoff appearance, oatmeal raisin cookies, you too. chip cookies, come on. Oatmeal raisin cookies. Give the people their options. You too, anything other than s'mores, can reach out (laughs) freecookiespodcast at gmail.com. So this show is produced and edited by the amazing Lindsay Collins, who happens to have a fantastic podcast called FMB Radio. They are here in Charleston, South Carolina. So I highly recommend checking them out it's- if you like food and you like to laugh. If you don't like to laugh, you should not listen to this podcast. You should not laugh and be sad I'm going to actually check out and see where this goes. <laughs> All right, finally, please, if you do have a minute, subscribe, rate, interview. We pay a million dollars per review. We pay a billion, billion dollars. Yep. All right, people. We out. Peace.